Hey, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm Tim Malloy. With me as usual are Keith Denny and Aaron Lanton. Um, thank you very much to Sam from the Sam Sided Podcast for filling in for the last couple of weeks. While I have been in California dealing with some family stuff, um, but it's good to be reunited. Going to talk today about a movie that I really like, that a lot of people don't really like. Uh, I care a lot. This movie stars Rosamund Pike as a woman who becomes a so-called carer for the elderly and ends up milking them of all of their money. Um, she does it to the wrong woman, played by Diane Weist, because, oh, by the way, lots of spoilers ahead, lots of spoilers ahead. Her son is a Russian mobster, played by Peter Dinklage. Um, let's start with Keith. What did you think of this movie? <clears throat> I mean, overall, I really, I really liked the film. I feel like it, it was, it was a nice thriller. There were certain things that I felt was maybe a tad bit unrealistic, but it was, it was movie stuff, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you know, other than that, I really liked it. I, I think one thing that we, we don't really have as much is um, a, a, a female protagonist that, that plays as, as a villain. Or a, or an anti-hero in a sense. We don't have much of that, and and to be that and unapologetically be that was something that I appreciated in the film. So, yeah. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, yeah, pretty much what Keith thought. I mean, this movie is. I was watching my wife, and we both kind of were were cackling because we were like, "This is not going to go over well with the majority of the American public." Um, <laughs> People are not going to receive this movie very well, um, but it is really fascinating. I, I really appreciate a lot of things they're trying to do. I felt like the, <laughs> the kind of the, the things that are happening on screen contrasted to like this futuristic, hip, the protagonist is doing cool stuff kind of thing while she's doing all this evil stuff. <laughs> it was really funny because like that's her thing music in her head right like there's a lot of things tonely is doing that i think are really fascinating and, and not normally how we see um a a character who's a protagonist who's doing things that are untoward amoral we, we just don't see it really play out that way and and i think really this character while definitely her own you know personal thing i think there's a lot of really interesting interesting things about uh, Marla Grayson, the the protagonist of the film, who's the caretaker for all these these elderly people, it's really a commentary. She acts kind of, I think, as a a s- symbolic tool of our actual problematic system in America, and the ways that people can be exploited um, b- by the judicial system and the lack of representation that they can have, and and simply have their well being, freedom, and possessions taken away without an opportunity to protect themselves if they don't have certain sorts of um, protections already set up um, and, and people actively in their lives protecting them from predators this way. Yeah, I'm interested in the word protagonist. When you when you mentioned on the text chain last week, because I wasn't there, but you guys talked about Judas and the Black Messiah and talking about William O'Neill being the protagonist, I was kind of like, well, he's not really the protagonist because I thought protagonist meant good guy, which I think most people do. And when I looked it up, it actually just means main character. You don't have to like or dislike. Right. But- yeah. It, it, it's normally the person. And this is, um, we had, this is a creative writing 
um, English 400 level thing that people would get into a lot where it's like the protagonist has to be somebody you like. It's like, no, it's it's the person whose point of view you're following. Yeah, because even, because even when you think about it, the hero can be the antagonist if the if the villain is the protagonist. So yeah, like the, people the, had an argument about, um, I don't think it's an argument, I think it is what it is, that um, Thanos is the protagonist yeah. of Infinity War. Yeah. That's because and he and he is and in the sense that the Avengers are his antagonists throughout the whole film. All of the Avengers are trying to stop him from reaching a particular goal, but we're followed. We're on the journey with Thanos, rather we realize it or not. The Russos and the Screeners have straight up said that, so I know people get mad at it, but they said that's the case. Right. Yeah, I mean, typically, you know, the whole thing is. Particularly for some like Zeus and the Black Messiah, what was interesting about that was, you know, you don't want him to win. And it's very similar in I Care A Lot also where Marla Grayson, you're not really looking for her to win. I mean, to some degree, you kind of want her to lose. But the yeah. film isn't interested in telling the story that way. That's a very American way of looking at storytelling. I mean, a lot of other filmmakers globally don't really view it that way um, in the literature um, in in other mediums whether we're talking like you know manga or all sorts especially of stuff. Like, in anime yeah i was about yeah, to say yeah. especially because because i not to interrupt you but the first okay. thing that made me think about when you were mentioning that is death note right mm-hmm. where the protagonist is like legit evil like he evil and it's like you the the, the thing though with death note in the same thing that's similar to our care a lot is that although you don't want the protagonist to win I also found myself in a way not wanting them to get caught too soon because if they caught too soon then this little cat and mouse game ends the story well but it's a movie so you like like okay for example when you're watching marla grayson talking to dean the lawyer yeah christmas uh, that's one of the best scenes i've ever seen in a movie (laughs) it's pretty dope it's pretty dope it's it's yeah it's like a battle with words it's like, it thing is it's two it's two swindlers talking to each other yeah and and so and, and to kind of set the scene again for people just trying to remember what might happen in that, that moment so dean the lawyer for roman so I peter like anybody who saw the movie remembers that scene and if they haven't seen it they they should not be listening to this they should go see it <laughs> go, go, yeah go I mean, watch the movie is unforgettable that yeah, but, just unforgettable it's so tense and well, well, in that moment, he's telling her, like, look, I'm not here to, to mess up your racket. This is like the American dream. You hustling, I understand. But this one particular client that you have, you got to let it go. And if yeah. you don't, there may be consequences. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, you're wrong for it. Because, look, I would do it, too, if I thought of it. But it just so happens this is not a good look for you. All right. So <laughs> let's just, let's just, let's work out a number. And the thing about her is so interesting. Like Keith said, she is, it's not just that she's apologetic. She's really ambitious and she's very clear about when she talks later uh, to Roman. So Peter Dinklage's character, what her goal is. She's like, I want enough money to be able to play and bullshit the rules like the rich folks do. And once I get there, I ain't even gonna play this game no more. I'm gonna I'm just like do my money. I'm gonna, I'm you know, play all the rich folks games, and, and that'll be that, right? But like, I need to get to that level first. And until I get there, you know, I gotta play dirty. You know what it's like, you yeah. know. And the thing is, there's so many things that are unsaid in this movie. Like, you know, she's saying that she's speaking to him as a boss, but potentially even there's that added layer of like, you know, somebody who 
is not of normal physique. You probably get where I'm coming from. And, you know, I'm a woman, you know, so you know how it is. You know, we got to do what we got to do, you know, to get ahead. I think it's cool that the movie never mentions that he's a quote unquote little person. I guess that's the right, the right. That's what I've been told several times, the right way to phrase it in 2021. It's just yeah. cool that it never even comes up. And like there's a subtext there and it makes him a little more interesting as a as a villain or or hero, depending on how you see the movie. Um, <laughs> Does anyone view him as a hero? Can you do that? In this movie? I, dude, I was rooting for him so fucking hard. Like, He's after, a human trafficker, but yeah, I mean. Okay. After you introduce <laughs> her and how horrible she is and you just despise her. Then they introduce him, and I'm like, "This is the avenging angel." I cannot wait for to see what he does. But that's the thing; right. everybody's terrible. It, there's, there's really yeah. there are no good people in this film, and that's why you see all these user reviews of this film that hate the movie. There's no yeah, one there's, to like. There's two things I didn't know that the reviews were bad. I thought the reviews were great because the first thing I read was the New York Times review where they said it was a critics' pick and it was great, and so I was all in. But then you pointed out right before we started the Metacritic user reviews where the movie has like a three overall and most of the criticisms are either um, this is a bad representation of feminism, which I don't think the movie is trying <laughs> to be a good representation of feminism um, or make it, I, I certainly don't think the movie is trying to make like a, well, we can get into that. Um, but Tim, we're following a woman. How can it not be <laughs> a representation of feminism? And, and the other thing is all these characters are bad people. So this must be a bad movie, which is the worst kind of criticism because if that holds then if you have a movie of people being nice to each other uh you know bringing each other cakes and cookies then it's the best movie ever made and that also got to be some of the dumbest shit i ever heard (laughs) because first off how many movies have we seen as like critically acclaimed movies movies that people love that's filled with bad guys and and like like even like i know i talk about scorsese taxi driver a lot yeah. Dude is dude is fucking horrible in that film. Horrible. You know? He is the walking embodiment of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, and and in a, a, a bit of you know sociopathic behavior, so on and so forth. But people love that film. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, well, well, but but so here here's that that other kicker to that though too. So you know we kind of were mm-hmm. dabbling this conversation a little bit, but remember when Breaking Bad was going on, there were other shows happening at the time that had characters like this, but there was this whole thing going on about, okay, so TV now is like shifting to these protagonists that like have these unlikable people who do all these, I mean, as protagonists who do like these really terrible things, but we root for them anyway. And then there was also this push happening at the same time. Well, why can't we have women written that way? So you had stories like, um, Oh my God, there's a few shows now and I cannot think of them for the life of me right now. One of them like has a serial killer. Um, it's like a cop who's a woman and then a serial killer who's a woman and like they're like doing this like cat and mouse game with each other. I can't think of the name of Oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. Um, Killing Eve. Yes, thank you. Gosh. So uh, there's like someone's like that. There's also Homeland. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, there's there's some others, but the whole thing was like, you know, we we want to be able to have shows like that so that, you know, women don't have to be pigeonholed into this sort of stuff. Now, the thing is, though, <laughs> there also is this thing that happens, too, where like a lot of people, when they see women as protagonists doing things that are um, amoral, that people are like, well, they, they, like they can't even like say why they don't like what's happening, but it's really that a woman's doing it and it really bugs the hell out of them. And so instead of like saying it that way, they start talking about feminism and all this other stuff. And it's just not really what the film's doing or even trying to say or talk about. Yeah, no one would ever say this, but it's super sexist to say that 
the female character has to be good and upstanding because that's just required that's required of women for us to watch them like we will we won't watch women do evil things the way we'll watch men do evil things you want a movie where i believe that a character that a main character who is awful and a movie where you truly dislike everybody is as watchable as a movie where you like everybody as long as the movie isn't asking you to like the terrible people which this movie is certainly not well i think hmm I don't think it's asking us to like the terrible people. It's certainly not asking us to like the terrible things they do. Certainly not that. Um, I don't think the thing is, I don't think there's any part where Marla Grayson is necessarily seen as like redeemable. Yeah. But there is a sense that you can understand. There's a, a not empathetic, but like a sympathetic sense that you can see why she might have some of the hang up she does like the thing that was really it, it's super subtle it only is mentioned one time and never comes up again about her parents or in particular her mother so when roman is talking to marla and he's like you know if, if i mean clearly he cared about his mama he's trying to get his, his mama out the out the care home and out of you know from under her guardianship and he's like is this your mother in this video i mean i, I can go harm her and she's like man, kill that bitch i don't care I'm like, oh well yeah. No, that didn't work. Yeah, she. But but yeah, she, that shows she doesn't. Part of her thing is she doesn't respect the elderly because she hates her mother. Like some some of it is is all that tied up together, right? That's interesting. I never thought yeah. of that. There's a lot of interesting things. This film. They're real subtle. They don't spend a lot of time hanging on it. They don't bang you against the head with it. But like that's they give you all these really strong character moments without like being like, hey, everybody, stop what you're doing. <laughs> here's some music to to you know make sure you caught that you know it's flashback <laughs> yeah all that exactly yeah uh, i don't know like I, I can't understand why people have an issue with this but then don't have an issue another scorsese film with the wolf of wall street yeah which some of the stuff that this man did was i mean taking advantage of the elderly was it was something but he did something just as just as bad in his lifetime um it's and cooler though. He did it. It's a cooler. cooler. And and now I will say this about women villains to me are a little bit more terrifying in certain ways, in a way that a man because because there's a there's a certain amount of I think subconsciously we can view a man as being more dangerous than a woman, even though that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. It's just we can be physically imposing. Some men can be right. So You're you know, like Aaron and me, <laughs> or any. I mean, you <laughs> never know. Like, 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 pretty much. Like, if you, if, if, um, you know, what I'm saying, if, if there's a guy running around here killing people, oh, like totally. a straight up serial killer, we believe it. You're no, a woman no. over here killing people. You like shit. What's going on? And even if you hear you like, you wouldn't believe she just walking around slashing people. Yeah, it's why Eileen Warnos freaks people out in a way that, you know, even a Ted Bundy doesn't. It's like, right. you're kind of like, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, and, and that's a part of us that have our guard down from it. But then when you see a woman do something evil based off, you know, our perceptions of women to be, you know, to not even go that route, it's like very alarming. Yeah, and it's based on that really you know, ingrained social idea that like women are inherently good, men are inherently complex 
and possibly, <laughs> you know, it's just, there's no reason that would be true. And that's, yeah, and that's definitely not the case, you know, not not at all. It's, um, there have been women serial killers. There have been women that manipulated people to kill other people. Yeah. You know, way more, way I mean, more men, way more men, but, you know, right. it happens. Did we lose Aaron? Nope, no, I'm still right no. here. No, oh, it says explicit. He just flipped the script on us real quick. Um, it, well, you it know, also well, made well, me I think... guess it's worth pointing out, though. No, well, I'm going to say no. I can't think of a woman mass shooter off the top of my head. Yeah. there's No, there's something between definitely men and carrying out acts of violence. There's certainly a correlation there. Like most serial killers, most killers, most mass killers, uh, you know, obviously sexual assault, like mostly men, yep, overwhelmingly right. men, but that doesn't necessarily transfer to, you know, women are angels and men are demons. And it just, it's, it shortchanges everybody to say, to think that way. I mean, just, the well, it's, it's, isn't it really cool though, that, you know, Marla Grayson in this film, I just like saying her whole name is, I don't know. It's somebody that you think is really cool, name. but, um, I mean, I really feel like they came out of like some 19th century Southern novel or something. But uh, <laughs> the thing that's really cool is she is a she's so shrewd. Like, they, like they literally they'll there's subtle things that are done with the costumes that I really enjoy. My wife and I were talking a lot about this too. So, like the way her hair is done in court, how she always has it in that even cut. But then, like oftentimes, like when she's out and about. It's like in this. It, it's like has this ponytail, or like it's like it's wet, and it's like it's just not. It's a totally different persona, you know, that she has, and and the right. way that she, the remarks she makes, or the way that she'll, like when when the the um the mother of Roman puts her in a chokehold, and then she's showing the video in court, like oh, I mean, I just that could have been it. I don't know. You know what it made me think of too. It's kind of made me think about how you can know somebody that's like real professional in their professional life, but they real they hood as hell outside of work. Oh yeah, plenty of that. And it and that's kind of what she felt like. Something about her felt a little hood, like she like she survived on the street type stuff. Mm-hmm. And and she just taking like lessons that she learned on the street and applying it to to this world, to this new world to a more um, corporate setting, something that she can manipulate and move herself around. And she, and I think that she also is a character that is aware of, of both um, a bit of her, her own privilege that she has, but also an advantage by seeming disadvantaged in a yeah. sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like she could play a victim way easier than a man could play a victim, but she's not a victim. She's actually a wolf in cheap clothing. Yeah. Yeah, and she uses that that perceived victimhood to um, kind of pounce, you know, right. essentially on, on in, in in you know ways that just wouldn't be they'd be hard to to perceive in the moment in a lot of cases. I mean, the way that it was kind of unclear to me, like she had the judge in her pocket or not that she kept going to uh, to get. Yeah. I like. No, I don't think so. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just seemed really sympathetic to her in, in what she was trying to do. Um, but clearly she did have some people in her pocket. It was interesting seeing how, you know, despite, for example, seeing that doctor get murdered, 
uh, that she was like, you know, I'm gonna keep pushing through. I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna keep trying to make this happen. Um, you know, her determination, her her refusal to to succumb to fear, or the the even the ability, or like or the 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 potential of losing was just really interesting. Although I will say, Jennifer, her girlfriend in the film, a friend, um, friend. Oh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry, Jennifer. Jennifer's the the mother. Sorry. Uh, Fran, well, that's not her real name, but whatever. But Fran, Fran, um, she actually, I feel like she's the anchor. Yeah. For Marla, like if, for example, Fran doesn't make it through that attack from the mafia, I yeah. don't think she would have kept fighting. I think she would have given up right there. Yeah, I agree. Can I, can I ask y'all a question though? Like. Please. Is is uh, now that you, since you mentioned the girlfriend, I'm just curious on what y'all think about this. Have y'all ever seen any movie or TV show where the woman was like this, like this type of villain that had this type of you know power and stuff, and she was not a lesbian? Oh, interesting. Uh, it is. It is kind of a trope. Well, well, Homeland isn't it's not exactly like this because it's not she's not no not necessarily the reason why i say this because that might also fall into the perception that i think we all have like what we say about women being good and i'm not trying to say nothing about lesbians i'm just saying like i think that there might there's a certain consciousness over how much of a woman a woman is when she's a more when she exudes more of a masculine presence, right? Maybe it's not about masculinity, but like this sense of not being uh, subservient to a man. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. And, and but but also, but when I mean a more masculine presence, is that she's not the she's not the more feminine in the relationship. Fran is. Well, because see, I don't. I, Okay, I, I'm, I'm so, not an expert on, on what I'm about to say I'm gonna, here. I'm going to do a Sam and go like, for the record, I was not the one who said that. <laughs> well, oh, well um, the, the way I, I would I would uh, comment on that is more like, instead of saying maybe more masculine, it's just like she is the more, because I, I mean, she seems plenty feminine. I don't know that, like I would say, like she's somebody who doesn't back down. And she is very uh, assertive, but I think it's more like a thing of um, just being the person in the room who, like, everybody has to keep eyes on, who who everybody is focused on, who everybody feels drawn to, and and in some ways, like, th- they are fascinated in some ways by her for whatever reason. Everybody in well, this movie, when they're in a scene with her, feels like an energy. And, and, and she becomes the center of every moment to some degree. And it's not just, it's not simply that Rosamund Pike is so great as an actress. And I think that has a lot to do with it, but that character as, as she moves about the world is just so certain of everything. And it's something about yeah. that energy, even with Wait. Roman at the end when he's like, you know what, maybe we should do business together. You know, I'd be tripping if I tried to kill you, honestly, I'd be tripping. The way I would put it is just like, the dominant person in the relationship like mm-hmm. and i know there's like there's there's terms like in the lgbtq community that i'm not even going to attempt to get right because me, i don't know what they are. someone will be mad at me understandably um but i i think you can take gender out of it and just say there's this 
there's this notion that one person is dominant in most relationships and stereotypically like looking at like 1950s genre roles it's usually the man right so, I guess when I when I say masculine, I'm not necessarily talking about gender per se, but more of a, a energy. I think that there are such things as masculine and feminine energies, mm-hmm. and I think part of that energy, part of that energy of what Aaron was talking about, is what I would define as being a more masculine energy. And I'm saying that that's because because I think we all got a combination of both. Yeah, because I think you're not calling it gender specific. No, it's not gender specific. It's just it's just it's just the the flow of the energy and that's the that's the name i personally give to it but my point was that is it like she i feel like because this is my thing a woman could have that energy and still be with a man like what was the is there a a specific correlation between making you know women that have power or rather rather they're a good guy or a bad guy but play in roles that you're normally used to a man playing in for them being a lesbian. So, so let, let's word it this way. I'm going to work now. Hollywood, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Cause so, so and, and I'm just going to word using the terms you use and, you know, audience just follows here. Uh, so you're, I think trying to say, is it rare or how, how frequent is it that we see, a protagonist with feminine energy as somebody who's like driving the moments and, and being acting as a protagonist in this medium. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just thinking of a promising young woman, which I don't know if you guys have seen, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. I, I heard it was good though. It's really good. And um, Carrie, why am I forgetting her name? She's great. She's out because it's midweek and it's we have kids. <laughs> I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I got it. her. Her character um, is basically using like the idea of she's a vulnerable woman in order to infiltrate these situations mm. and enact vengeance. Um, and she's very clever about it and very smart about it. And she's also, you know, heterosexual, but. Um, yeah, to the point that she kind of enters into a relationship in the film and sort of subverts every expectation that you have. I mean, she uses her, it's very art of war. Cause like the art of war is like, if you're weak, appear strong, if you're strong, appear weak. If your army is small, make your army appear big. If your army is big, make your army appear small. It's just like trick your en- enemy, do the opposite of what they expect. So she plays w- it like, yeah. No, I'm sorry, I w- you can keep going. I'm sorry, I was going to She plays it like she's weak, she's not. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to give away the ending of Promising Young Woman. But there, Emerald Fennell, the director of Promising Young Woman, and also one of the directors of uh, of Killing Eve, um, has made the point that in a physical contest, which is traditionally like a masculine associated contest, she will always lose. I, I mean, that's not always true, of course. Well, I, I, I think they're just speaking about. It, the thing is, winning just like this movie, Marla doesn't get to Roman because she's big and strong. She gets to him because she she just outwitted, you know how they how they you know move. You know she knew they pattern. She was able to follow uh, the I, don't know, I think it was Escalator Yukon, one of those. Yeah, and um, then from that point literally put 
Roman in the possession. And I mean, it was as it was happening, as I saw them taking his clothes off, I was just thinking, no fucking way are they about to do this. Yeah. That is not about to happen. Yeah. She is not about to become this man's guard. She is really becoming this man's guard. This is fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I, I knew she was gonna flip the script on him. Um, I think it's interesting too what you say, like, you know, it, it wasn't no f- physical prowess that got her to get back at Roman. But then even when you look at Roman, he's definitely not a big, strong person. Yeah, but he's surrounded by big, strong people. Right. Cause cause that was a moments where I was thinking like when he was talking to Alexi that time and how scared Alexi was, even before he had a gun. You know, yeah. I was thinking, man, I'll punch this little motherfucker in the face and just take off running. But then I'm thinking to myself, if I was really in that situation and I knew what this man was capable of, I know that there are going to be consequences somewhere down the road, you know, because you can yeah, be physically stronger than somebody. But if they got more power and behind them, unless you just straight kill them, it really ain't nothing you can well, do. Well, it's a mafia family, too, though. Right. Yeah. You so I mean? like that, that, that retribution coming. I just think a lot yeah. of movies they show the vengeance being carried out in a physical way because it works well cinematically. Like it, it's better to see somebody get their head cut off with a sword in terms of a visual medium than like they've been financially ruined, which is hard to, you know, illustrate quickly cin- cinematically. And mm-hmm. I thought this movie was interesting in that it doesn't make it a violent fight. I mean, it isn't really a, it really is a battle of wits, which you don't see that much. A lot of movies that have female protagonists, especially Kill Bill, the way they deal with it is they just make her a really good fighter. And they're just yeah. like, she can fight better than these guys. She can fight better than the women. Um, there's that movie Sucker Punch that I haven't actually seen, but that's one of those movies yeah. where it's like, these are girls who kick ass. And I thought it was just interesting that like her weapon is her, <laughs> I'm quoting Ice T because we just saw Ricochet, that her lethal weapon is her mind. Well, I right. think her lethal weapon more than anything even more than her mind is her lack of fucks that's true yeah because yeah and like the the advantages that i feel like she has you know that even that even roman does not have like well roman is almost doesn't exist Mm -hmm. whereas like she plays as the perfect face for whatever company he needs to run just like he'll back it up with his money and she just and she just does whatever pretty much like whatever it is she does but see that that actually becomes an issue for her though so real quick mm -hmm. the thing i was going to mention too is i think one thing that's really interesting about her character is when we see that moment the, the most pivotal moment as far as character in the movie is is when she first meets roman He's talking to her about all this stuff, and he's like, "You're not afraid of dying." She's like, mm, "I really don't care." Right. The thing is, the part about the movie that people I think would say is unrealistic, and I, I think I would fall in that mold too. But it's like when you really think about it, shit. If you're willing, first off, if you got enough wits about you to, after almost dying, remember the license plate, yeah, and you're like, "All right, I still got you know my boo thing with me." I think, I think and we could run, but what's the point of running? Because they're gonna hunt us anyway. Let's just go after them. Because we either we gonna die running or we gonna die fighting. There's people who are mad that she survives and that she's as you know skilled as she is, and they feel that it, it isn't really set up that she's able to do that. Like there's nothing. I think it does. On. But I mean, personally, I think the reason that her and Roman end up respecting each other enough to go into business together is that 
he can't quite kill her. She can't quite kill him. Like they both, they both both do win each other's respect that way. It's like a, that's the thing. Like he, like he could have just shot it in the damn face. I think part of the thing was he did kind of just respect the hustle a little bit. Well, his mistake was to say make it look organic because he wanted to kill her like in a fancy way as opposed mm-hmm. to just shoot her. Well, yeah, just like they did with the doctor. Yeah. But well, the but thing I, is, I thought that it was calculated to have because you remember they put the liquor bottle and stuff in in yeah. the car, and uh-huh. I think that overall that would have probably worked to also make that guardianship be lifted. Oh, that's true. Because, yeah, because on one end, been out of control. Right, and so so it's like well. They made a poor judgment because this woman is a freaking alcoholic or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's she, why I think uh-huh. he was trying to set up like that type of situation. But but so, here's the other thing, too. And I want to play off what you mentioned before, Keith, because I thought this was actually something pretty interesting about the deal they made in a miscalculation that she had. Now, the thing is, you literally could end the film with them just like having this agreement. OK, we're going have a nationwide, you know, um, set up to, you know, scheme people out their money. But they got her on TV. They got her doing this and doing that. The thing about that whole setup, like you said, she's a great front-facing CEO type. You know, she can play that part. She's really great at seeming humble and seeming vulnerable and, and approachable and all that stuff. Problem doing that, though, is because there are plenty of people who know this scheme, the person at risk is not Roman, it's her. Like he's underground. He's yeah, the unknown he, he funder. Don't, he don't exist. Yeah. 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 He, he's the he's the unknown, you know, funder for this whole operation. But if some go down, it's just like any CEO, really, for a lot of these companies. Like for the most part, it's not like you have nothing you do strategically to help a company do stuff, but you're really there so that when shit hit the fan, you the one speaking up and going to testify at Congress or something like that if something go down, or being there right. for the press conference when right. you know you know, something goes wrong in some way or another. That's what you pay for, for the stress of it. Well, and that's where her, I think her superpower is probably determination and stubbornness, but that's where her ability to use whatever she has would really help her because she would make it like, you know, I'm a high ranking female executive and some people are threatened by that. Um, why am I getting targeted when you guys didn't go after Enron or didn't go after da 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 and mm-hmm. I don't know if it would work, but I think that's something she would definitely try. And I think, by the way, whatever she had about her, she would find a way to spin it. I mean, if she were 70 years old, she would say it's because I'm older. If she were from the Midwest, she'd say it's because you guys are coastal elites and I'm from the Midwest. Like she would always find some way to pivot and use her, use anything that could be perceived as a strength, as a weakness, anything that could be perceived as a weakness, as a strength. You're like, guys, the Green New Deal is why we have these problems with, you know, <laughs> these things going on with, with elderly care. Um, but I do think that really she's a metaphor for this very, I mean, I think there's a problem elsewhere. We've seen a lot of, you know, uh, well, I, I mean, I'd say we, I have definitely come across a lot of stories lately about the aging, well, the problem we're about to have with an aging population, people who are living longer than ever before but we don't really have systems in place at like at a global scale, like no country really set up to deal with their elderly as they go past 70, like this large, for example, like the boomer generation is they're all, you know, like they're having their issues, but then, you know, you have the Gen Xers and there's more Gen Xers than ever before you. When the millennials get old, it's going to be a real huge problem too, because we don't have enough children, you know, 
And we're in debt. We have to take care of them. Say what? And we're oh, in, we in debt. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, there's about to be a huge problem with this kind of issue. And the fact that there is a, that, you know, it seems really fictional and fanatical here, but there are literally in our current judicial process for certain states situations where you can just run up on somebody who's elderly and talk about them without them being present for the case and talking about whether or not they can or cannot care for themselves and then they just enter a legal guardianship if they are not we we um, did a post about this in movie maker that this is absolutely a real thing and the yeah. new yorker did a, did a story about it too that this is absolutely a real thing and i'll bet this movie draws attention to that um and i it hope probably, so <laughs> it probably demonizes a lot of people who are doing a perfectly great job <laughs> um, well but, i mean well there are plenty of people who I would say take on legal guardianship in this way and they are, like you said, doing a good job, but the way it happens in this film, if it is ever mimicked in real life, and we know these things do happen in real life where you are saying, okay, here's this elderly person we know lives alone. They can't take care of themselves, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take on them and their assets and then just start selling the stuff off like the idea that you can do that without any real oversight is a huge problem this is a a bad month for conservators like between this and all the attention around britney spears where people don't think that she Mm. should do the situation she's in whatever that i mean it's going to become one of those professions where a small number of bad apples (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of a loaded term but a small number of bad apples um ruin it for everybody like lawyers i mean lawyers do not have the best rep- rep- reputation as a profession because of a few terrible lawyers but you know i'm sure most lawyers are absolutely great people man yeah you know another thing when i was watching this film this is probably the only film i think i ever watched that made me kind of want kids Cause I was thinking, like, <laughs> somebody needs to take care of me. Somebody need to look out for me because I would be so horrified if somebody did that to me and then took all my assets. Like, you literally then took all my shit. And yeah, then I was get, thinking, you, like, you got to set it up with somebody, man. Yeah, and then I was thinking, like, damn, man, like, what? You know, even you know, you you accumulate a lot of wealth. Who you gonna leave it to anyway? So I'm like, maybe I could have a child. I don't man, know. they were in her house selling all that shit. Like, man. I was, man. But just imagine she didn't have a gangster son. She yeah, but see, that, that's so. So that's the thing. This movie. Again, but she wouldn't have I, had that money though. <laughs> you see, I appreciate so much about what this movie is like. If you're willing to just think a little past the 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 text, they show you at the very beginning all these people who don't have mafia sons, who don't have rich, you know, oh, rich, men, rich children, and they are present. All those people on the wall. Ain't nobody right. stepped to her. She ain't had no other lawyer step to her and, and talk that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the majority of the people, like 90-some percent of these people, when they are taken in this movie, right? In this movie, when they're taken away, either it's not noticed, or no one cares, or no one has the power to fight back in, in, in a way that is legal and, you know, going to lead to um them having someone who actually cares for them uh take legal guardianship and that's really unfortunate hell often you know by the time they would get legal guardianship she would have drained their assets and 
you know, I know people now who, you know, are dear to me who, you know, they, they do need round the clock care. And some of them do have the resources to have people take, take care of them 24 seven. Some of them do not. And I mean, this is a real situation that is like happening. And, you know, unfortunately, we just do not have, you know, a, a, a system set up to care for people. We, we should, we really, really should. Um, regardless of whether somebody's taking uh, advantage of them or not. But this does raise that question, like I said, Keith, like if you don't have, you know, a child who is, whether they're in the underground, legal, whatever it is, if they can't, you know, take care of you, then then what happens to you? If, if you are in a situation where you actually cannot care for yourself anymore. Or, or if they just have some money, you know, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, well, that's the thing, but then you, you become a target. If you got money and you can't take care, I mean, you become a target. That shit crazy. You need to have somebody who has your back. And at this point, first, I want to say, uh, I take back what I said about how most lawyers are probably great people. I don't want to say most people in any profession are probably great people since I, there's millions of people and I have no idea. But, uh, <laughs> but that said, uh, this, this whole conversation makes me think of Team America World Police. Has everybody seen that? Yeah. Here's the speech from Team America World Police that I hope you can hear. I'm playing, playing it now. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm actually not going to play it because we'll probably get in trouble for using the music. <laughs> DMCA, that's enough. <laughs> Everyone knows who we're talking about. The guy gives right. a speech of, it's the Google dicks and pucks, Google dicks, pussies, and assholes speech. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I remember that speech. It's, it's, uh, and I'll do the clean version. Uh, the world, the world has D's, P's, and A's. Uh, we need D's because even though they F P's, they also F A's. <laughs> That's pretty good to, on on the, on the spot to be able to censor it that way. <laughs> That's that's what Peter Dinklage is in this movie. He's a D who F's A's. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, also, you know, he's a human trafficker, though. I guess he is, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a I terrible thought, person. Was he, was he a human trafficker or was he a drug smuggler or arms? He's dealer? a well, he might be all those things. He definitely. I didn't, hear, I didn't hear anything about human trafficking. Uh, you don't remember the 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 uh, Polaroids he had of young people? It's real. It's real quick. It's just a real quick. It's, it, I mean, it's there. It's there. There's, there's, okay. We're not. We don't have to doubt that. That happened. <laughs> Apparently it's super profitable to be a human trafficker. Yeah, they make sure you know everybody's terrible. There's not you. You, you kind of if there's a ruining interest, it's because you you wouldn't want that to happen to your mother. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm no longer rooting for Dinklage. No, <laughs> I mean, it, look, it's it's a movie that just wants you to have the experience. You don't have to be like. Oh, he's a drug smuggler, but he's so caring. Uh, no, he, he's, he's in all kinds of shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's why some people really hate the movie. Um, <laughs> I think it it adds a level of of just like, I mean, I it's like, is it complexity? I mean, I just think that that, that is, it's a perspective. It, it, it It's not telling you 
giving you an easy way to view the film. Oh, here's a good person view, you know, vote for them kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that. And I know that's not typical of how, you know, we see cinema in Hollywood, but I think that that is, there's nothing wrong with that. I said in Hollywood, is Netflix considered Hollywood? I guess it is. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, um, I think it's always funny with movies like this and how people feel about it. But then at the same time, the the people, to me, they just acting out on the idea of like the American dream in a sense, right? Yeah. Like America in so many ways is a dog eat dog type of country. Are you about to do the New Jack City shit right now? Nah, I wasn't gonna do it. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just what, saying, what you like, say on the we, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> oh, the system on trial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wesley Snipes uh, at the end of the movie. God, damn, uh, I wish I could remember verbatim what it was. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, man. It's, so it's good. one of those things where people people are just doing what, what they taught, what this country taught them in a the sense, right? Yeah. And that's that's what the, that's what these characters do in the film. I got to say, um, this is a little unrelated, but there was a politician whose name I cannot remember. If I could remember, I'd say it. But, you know, there's this whole conversation about like the $15 minimum wage. And a lot of the reasons people do dirt is because, you know, oh man, you know, it's so hard to make a living wage and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's a whole thing about like, well, do people deserve $15 an hour? Right. And current president is pushing it. And this guy's like, when I was coming up, I made $1 an hour, blah, blah, blah. Now he's talking about like the 70s, right? I made a dollar an hour. And then, um, he said, then I worked my way up to cooking and I made six bucks an hour, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, dude, a dollar an hour is so different than a dollar an hour today. And $6 an hour, you know, if you compared like inflation, that's $28 an hour, you asshole. Talking about you were like, you know, not even going to college making six bucks an hour. Yeah, you were making good ass money. You know what I mean? Like the way yeah. people talk about the difference between, you know, corporate tax breaks for the rich and then like this is two thousand dollar check, say for example, like th- those things are seen so differently. It doesn't even make sense. Like even the fact that like last year, well, w- when you're filing taxes this year for 2020, no one's paying taxes on their their dividends. Like that's insane. That's a lot of money. That's a shit ton more than two thousand dollars for you know an adult. Did waive taxes on dividends last year. Yes, this file is this a 2020 tax filing season. You don't pay taxes on your dividends because you because COVID an investor, you had such a rough go with COVID. Yeah, that's supposed yeah. to be how it goes. And then we had all these people making like record profits in corporate in corporate America last year. I mean, like, I'm not here to be like capitalism's terrible. What I'm saying is when you're looking at how these things work, the way we look at tax breaks and things like that for people who make who have a lot of money and then bailouts. It's so different from how we look at, you know, so-called welfare for the poor or even like handing a check to people who are in the middle class. It's it's defined and looked at so differently, like the idea of trickle down economics versus like any version of like social welfare, like they're essentially the same thing, but for different classes, you know, to some degree. Yeah, there's something to be said for like employers give people jobs, paycheck protection, that makes sense to me. But it's at a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous level with your very large corporations. It's- But, but the, the idea, like, for example, that like, if you're, 
when we're thinking about like care for people, right? So like in this movie, we're talking about care for the elderly. When we look at child care workers, right? Like they don't get paid squat. And even when we talk about the stuff for like vaccinating, you know, say for example, teachers and, and uh, frontline workers in hospitals, that's super important. I'm totally for that. What about the child care workers? Like no one's putting them in the front and no one's arguing for them to get paid more either. Like, but they're the ones who take care of our children. Like there's so many ways that like as a country, we don't think about the essential people who kind of allow us to go do our work. Like if no one's caring for our parents when they're elderly, if no one's caring for our children when they're young, how can we even fucking go to work? Yeah, we also don't put any value on. I mean, look, the last, I, I was talking to a good friend who is a dad who stays home with his kid. Like he, his, his wife, goes to work he stays home with the kid and I spend not enough time with my kid but a lot of time with my kid and <laughs> that sounds bad but I mean like no no, no I mean I'm, no. Not, I'm not with him full I'd, I'd like to be with him all the time and never work but I have to work so mm-hmm. the time I spend with him it's amazing I love him I I love spending time with him but it's way harder than any job yeah. I mean, when a kid is throwing up on you and your back hurts and they're yelling and you don't know why, like it's the it's the hardest job there is. First off, the stakes are harder, are yeah, higher. It, it definitely is. I think I think too to your point with like um, these frontline workers and these essential workers and stuff. I feel like we're gonna see less and less of that as time go by. Less part of it, less and part workers. of part part less people that's in those particular positions and part of it because fuck college let me tell like anybody (laughs) that i know real talk like anybody that's younger than me like anybody in high school if they ask me anything about college and anything like that i tell them don't go like unless you unless you know you're gonna be a doctor or lawyer do not do not go don't spend your money these folks is scamming kids like why why the hell I didn't know, we don't know shit about money being 18, 19, 17 years old. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some of our parents don't know shit about money. We get a loan and then we get a, what, what what's that? A refund check. We mm-hmm. not knowing the ramifications of that. We're not knowing that they running up a bill on our ass in interest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you gonna, a lot of us are going to be paying this shit till we die. We all well, went and, to college. And, so like we're not saying this from like book learning is bullshit. But like, no, I talk to my wife about this all the time. It's like if you're going and getting a degree in like classics or something, maybe you shouldn't. Like, like yeah, it's better, the thing. It's better to learn to, to like wire a house, honestly. Like I'm not right. trying to be a dick about it. Yeah, trade schools would be great. It's just depending you on need, what you decide to do. And, and, and this is the thing. You need a skill. Right. Like I have no skills and I've been to college. I can't tell you what my skill is. Like, like, let me not say no skills. I got skills, but I'm saying like, I, I can't just, it's very specific, you know? Yeah. Like I can't just get a job anyway. What he's saying is when a zombie apocalypse happens, he's useless. That's I'm what, pretty much useless. That's what we yeah. talk about all the time. Like my brother-in-law who's an electrician is so much more valuable in a zombie apocalypse than me. Who's a U.S. history major. Like right. I enjoyed it. It was useful, but like man take this to the gun range i'll figure this, it out but this is the thing this is <laughs> the thing the knowledge that you got in it 
you could have got without going to school. I think that's true. And that's that's the that's the biggest thing that pisses me off. Like I feel like I just been been manipulated. I've been run amok. I've been led astray. Uh, what else did Malcolm X say? Bamboozled. All of this stuff. Bamboozled. <laughs> like all of this shit. If you hadn't got to college, would you know that speech? <laughs> yeah, because I watched Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thought, <laughs> I didn't watch Malcolm X. Oh, so you, you you watching those Spike Lee? I, I knew I watched it from Spike Lee, John. But That's but the, I think if you go to college and learn to make films, great. If you go to college and like learn to write novels and can somehow make money on that, great. But uh, there's a lot of these majors like, and as a liberal arts person, there's a lot of liberal arts majors who are not going to prepare you for life in any way. Yeah, well, but you we, don't we're have saying to go this to is people who, who've gone through that process. And I do think there is a usefulness in understanding how to. The, th- the main thing about college, if, if you can kind of get it down, is I think understanding networking. Yeah. Because that stuff is a big deal. Um, the ability, I mean, it really, college to me is really an exercise in can you get enough behaviors to be like a reliable adult that's cool but i don't think that experience should cost that much yeah no no i, I mean no, we're in agreement right. there but i do think at least as it pertains to i care a lot the big thing that that stands out to me and, and the thing is the film doesn't spend a lot of time talking about this and, I'm, and i don't think it really needs to but for those who have not really gone through that process a lot of see child care you know like we're talking about like young kids is not super different in the mechanics of it um than it is for taking care of elderly people is just a lot more difficult in some ways especially like if it's your parent because yeah oftentimes you are helping them go to the bathroom you are bathing them you are feeding them you are making sure they got all the medicines you are having them regimented schedule when you're not present you have to make sure other people have them on that schedule yeah. I mean, like it, it is, it's literally, I forget, I think it was Socrates who talked about like those different stages of life, like how you start where you begin, or I mean, what's going to be you end where you begin. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I mean, like that, it's so, 